Blog Talk Radio.
satellites in the skies broadcasting lies to billions of people. Camels on the streets dragging who we meet and call this liberty. Some maintenance. 
it's in desperate need uh, of help, of support uh, from the folks that are living here and enjoying the freedoms and liberties that living in this nation affords you. So what do you have planned? What do you have planned on your, what do you have scheduled for the coming year for your part in this? Because you better have something. There better be some way that you're going to uh, take part in providing the maintenance that's badly needed in this nation. All right. Uh, once again, uh, for all of you folks that are listening, this uh, the reason that I do this show live is so that I can give you guys a chance to call in and uh, and hear your side of the conversation. And I'm going to tell you guys again. I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to keep doing the show uh, by myself. All right. So you guys are going to start calling in, and you're going to uh, put your two cents in in order to figure out a solution to this. You can do that by dialing three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero now most of the folks listening and the way this uh, show started out was uh, in conjunction with the Appleseed project the revolutionary war veterans association and uh, the revolutionary war veterans association is a nationwide non-profit all volunteer driven uh, group that is dedicated to teaching the absolute best fundamentals of rifle marksmanship program in the nation. The absolute best. No one does it like the Appleseed Project does it. Not, nobody really does it anymore at all. The folks that are doing it, none of them are doing it as well as the Appleseed Project does. We've been doing it for quite a while now, and we've, we've put a lot of effort into our craft and a lot of effort into into our program, into into building the absolute best fundamental rifle marksmanship program in the nation. And I want to encourage you, if you're looking for a place to start, to attend an Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship Weekend in 2013. Now, that's to the folks who would like to attend. Now, to the folks who are part of the organization, to the shoot bosses and the instructors and everyone else all over the nation, in order for them to find a location to attend an event, we need to make sure that uh, you're getting your shoot, all of your shoots lined up and getting them on the books, okay? Uh, I've already had folks sending me, uh, quite a few folks sending me uh, questions about when we were, gonna, when we were having events here in Texas because we're waiting on some of the ranges here to uh, okay our dates. And I know that a lot of the uh, events are waiting across the nation are waiting on the same thing. They're waiting for the uh, uh, the ranges that they're using to okay dates. A lot of the ranges won't okay dates until, uh, until the New Year's actually here. Uh, and if they do, that's fine. But just make sure that you have your dates in to them. And make sure that you have, if you don't have to wait on a range, let's go ahead and get those dates 
sent in and get these get them listed on the schedule. So folks that are looking for uh, some type of a uh, a firearms class that they can take, that they can find one whenever they check the apple seed schedule. Okay. So make sure that you're getting your dates in and that you're getting your uh, events lined up for the new year. And uh, and I want to thank everyone in the program today for another year of time donated. Uh, another year, and, and there's a lot of folks that uh, that are doing it just like me. They're doing one weekend, uh, a minimum of one weekend a month that they're donating to the Appleseed Project. A minimum of one weekend a month. That's a, that's a fairly large chunk of time, and there's a lot of folks that are doing it. But even if you're only able to donate one weekend out of the year, I still want to thank you because we need every single person on the line, instructing, attending, helping to uh, promote the shoots, helping to get the shoots set up, getting the backers up, uh, getting the uh, gear ordered, the folks in the uh, uh, at the Appleseed Admin Center who are posting the events, the folks that are running the uh, the Eventbrite and uh, posting all of the attendees, the folks that are filling the shoot boxes and shipping them out across the nation, uh, the folks that are doing promotions, that are uh, handing out flyers, all of these folks, it takes every single one of these folks for the organization to work. Without uh, without any one group, we would have a hard, we'd have a, 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 a tough road to hoe. And, uh, and it's tough enough already. So my thanks goes out to all of the folks involved in this. And, uh, and there's quite a few of them. But I want to remind you that uh, that in order for the in order for this to work, we have to have folks on the line. And in order for folks to get on the line, they have to have heard about the event, right? They have to know that it's going on. You guys have heard me talk about this over and over, and that is, uh, uh, well, if you if you took any business courses, I'm sure you heard about frictional. Uh, unemployment, right? And that's where you have companies that are in need of workers and you have workers that are in need of jobs, but they don't know about each other. Well, we have the same thing here in America with Appleseed. There are folks that would, that they're dying to attend a course like Appleseed, but they don't know it exists. So we have to have folks, as many folks as possible, working on promoting the organization. That means we have to have folks that are out there, uh, well, handing out flyers or calling into uh, their local radio stations and getting on the air and talking about Apple C. Uh Folks posting about it on Facebook and Twitter, the social media. And I know that uh, a lot of folks probably don't, probably 
are not that excited about social media. Uh, I myself am not excited about social media. However, yes, that is where 90% of Americans are going, then that's where we have to go too. And uh, I try and keep the information in front of folks uh, on the social media accounts. And you can too. It doesn't have to be a lot, just a quick uh, a quick blurb a couple of times a day uh, about the program, about what we're trying to do, about uh, where events are going on, or maybe a write-up after you go to an event, anything to keep the information uh, in front of folks. And they keep seeing about it, they keep seeing it, and they keep hearing about it. Because we know that uh, that the majority of folks... Uh, it takes multiple exposures to Appleseed. They have to they have to hear about it multiple times before they make the decision to go. And uh, the only exception to that would be by word of mouth, uh, and that is where you have a friend uh, or loved one or family member who tells you about the program and and you trust them and their opinions uh, enough that you decide to attend based solely on their word of mouth to you about it uh, without any other exposure to it. <clears throat> and that will work just as good for you as it does for anybody else. That means uh, you telling your neighbors about it, you telling your father, your brother, your sister, your your aunts and uncles, your milkman, your, your attorney, uh, you telling somebody that you know about the program and getting them to attend. And when I, we don't try and do this to push for money. This isn't something we're trying to sell. This is the fact that until enough people, until we wake enough people up and get them moving at high speed, get them prodded off the couch, we're going to stay in trouble. We're going to stay, uh, well, we're going to stay uh, in a not-so-safe place until we've caused enough people to wake up in order for us to be able to do something, to be able to to safeguard the freedoms and liberties that we enjoy by virtue of living in this nation. So promoting the program is uh, a major or should be a major part uh, of everyone's daily thoughts, and that is getting the word out about the program, so we can get more people in the line, we can wake more people up, and get more people uh, launched off of the Appleseed Project uh, rocket launching pad in order to have more folks working toward pushing the mission of safeguarding the freedoms and liberties uh, <clears throat> until we actually get something done, until something actually happens. Because right now, it uh, it looks like uh, they're going to go ahead and try and push through uh, a whole bunch of new laws in this uh, first session of Congress that's coming up. Nobody really knows for sure what they're going to do. Uh, they, everyone, ever, I'm sure all the lawmakers have their own ideas uh, on what on what they would like to see happen. 
but even a lot of the uh, even a lot of the lawmakers that that may uh, may not have normally been supportive of this, they're going to be scared. They're going to be scared to do the right thing because of recent events, because of the recent school shooting in Connecticut. They're going to be scared to do the right thing. And we're going to have to make sure that we are talking to them and letting them know what the right thing to do is, and that is not to start uh, pushing for more laws. There's twenty over 20,000 gun laws already. 20,000 gun laws. And every time you pick up a rifle or a pistol, that rifle and that pistol are buried underneath a pile of over 20,000 existing laws. And I don't know that there is, I don't know if you could point to a single case, uh, to a single uh, time when a law has stopped someone from committing any type of a uh, of a mass murder or anything. Uh, they're already breaking uh, dozens and dozens of laws as it is. But that's what makes these, the, most of these folks feel better. It's their job to make laws. So when something like this happens, they have to make some laws, and that way they can point back and they say, hey, look what I did. I saw that Connecticut thing, and I, you know what I did? I made some laws. I made it illegal to go into a school and shoot people, okay? Everybody gather around me and pat me on the back because I made some laws up on, on this thing. The shooter in Connecticut was already breaking almost two dozen laws. So uh, I don't see what the effect of uh, of adding another dozen and making it three dozen laws, I don't see what effect that would have. Uh, and maybe I'm naive. Maybe it would. Maybe there's a, a limit to the number of laws that a mass murderer is willing to break. Maybe maybe uh, two dozen, maybe he can break that amount and still feel good about himself. But were it to be three dozen, then that would be a bit too much and that would deter the would-be mass murderer from committing a heinous crime. I don't know. I think, it, to me, it seems a bit far-fetched, but like I said, I could be naive. I could just not know that that's the case. But I'd like for folks to think about that for a minute, and I'd like for them to... I would like to, for them to to think about if it would be possible to legislate away crime. <clears throat> When you look at uh, things like, well, you've got uh, uh, illicit drugs. We already have uh, uh, thousands of laws that uh, cover the importation and use of illicit drugs. We've spent billions and billions of dollars on it. We've created huge bureaucracies and uh, and now we have uh, uh, almost uh, we've, we've we've built up almost uh, armies, almost modern day armies, uh, to fight against the importation and uh, use of illicit drugs. 
And yet, you can go to almost any street corner in any town and get yourself a fix. So did that stop it? And I don't think it did. Now, should we do away with all laws? No, I don't think we should. I think that was just a silly notion. But I think that uh, having over 20,000 laws is already, uh, I think we've already got a good amount of laws already. But like I said, guys, uh, I'm not going to do this show. I'm not going to sit here and listen to my, my own voice for the whole show. So you guys are going to start calling in, and you're going to give me your opinion of of what's about to come and what you think should be the answer to this. And I'd like for you guys to uh, also tell me what you have planned, what's on your schedule for 2013 in order for you to make a change in what's going on around you. Now, I'm not talking about how you're going to... Uh, you're going to cure a disease or 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 stop world hunger. Although if you've got an idea for that, I'm more than willing to listen. What I want to know is how you're planning on working in your local area to make to effect some type of change in your local area to make things different. And uh, you can do that by calling in at three four seven. Three zero eight eight seven nine zero. Three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero. All right. I'm gonna take uh I'm gonna take a call right here. Eric code two four oh six oh six, you're on the air. Hi. Um yeah, I I absolutely I don't think that we can uh legislate um evil out of here at all. I, and I think that our forefathers would be rolling in their graves about now with what's, what all's going on. Um, can, can you hear me? <laughs> Absolutely, I hear you loud. Okay. Well, who is this? Okay. Who, 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 well, who sorry, is this? sorry, sorry. My name is uh, Catherine. I'm from Fairfax, Virginia. Now, what was it? Uh, Catherine from Fairfax, Virginia. Catherine from Virginia. Well, Catherine... Welcome to the show, and I'm totally in agreement with you. I, I'm not saying that we that we shouldn't have laws. You know, we, right. we need laws. We need we Absolutely. need some type of guidelines in, in our in our our country in our lives. Now, obviously, it should be illegal to murder somebody. It should be Absolutely. illegal to set someone's house on fire. Uh, things like that. But it already is. Uh, I don't think that it should be illegal to. Right. We're not going to legislate this away. And mm-hmm. I understand that they feel that they have to do something. I think they should let the dust settle before they get uh, before they get involved in any type of legislative action. Although I'm sure, Catherine, uh, I'm sure you realize that that this is that this isn't uh, this. They're not they're not just now thinking this up. They're not just now thinking up. That we should make some laws. They've been that's right. They've been waiting on they've been waiting for this. They've been waiting for some some type of an opening where they could push this through. Mm -hmm. How are uh, what are the what is the uh, the attitude like there in 
Virginia? I think it's a mixed bag. It really depends on who you talk to. Um, a lot of my friends are, they, they're they really anti-gun. They're anti-Second Amendment. They don't see the purpose of it. Um, they're scared of guns and scared of people with guns. Um, but others that I know are not. I mean, I'm also involved with um, the, the Virginia Citizens Defense League, and, of course, none of them are afraid of guns. Um, but I'm getting more involved. You know, some of the things that I plan to do is get more involved with the local Second Amendment rights groups, um, write and call to the government folks, be more vocal, um, attend protests and counter-protests, uh, go to more apple seeds, encourage others to attend, um, try to educate the friends that don't know anything. I mean, I think a lot of it is misinformation. They just don't understand. Just try to educate friends who really don't know much. Um, educate my nieces and nephews. Try to get through to them um, and have a sense of pride in their country. Well, Catherine, did you, uh, you're, are you a member of the program now? Are you an instructor? Uh, no, I've I've been to one Apple State. I absolutely loved it, and I try to get I I tell people about it every chance I get. And how did you how did you hear about the program? What how did you hear about Apple Seed? On TV, I think it was a, a, a few years ago, and then um, when I finally became a, a rifle owner last year, I decided that I would go and uh, put it to good use. <laughs> And how did you how did you end up with a rifle? Did somebody give you a rifle? Or did you go and buy one, or what? What caused you to, uh, to have a rifle? I went out and bought it. I just I figured it was it was time. I had I finally had the time in my life to le- uh, learn how to use it properly, and I decided that I it, it was time, and um, that I that I wanted to have one and to exercise that Second Amendment right. And had you done much uh, shooting? Prior never. to getting a rifle, never, never, never had never so, picked up a gun. So you just decided all of a sudden you said, you know what? I'm, I looked in my closet and I couldn't. At first I couldn't tell what it was. I was missing something, <laughs> and then I realized it was a rifle. No, it's been on my mind for for a number of years, a number of years, and I just I since I didn't have the time um, between all of my other activities and things like that to really learn how to use it. Um, I, I didn't really think that, you know, it would be wise to have one if I wasn't sure how to use it. And, uh, right. Oh, I'm absolutely. I'm glad that I did. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, a lot of people, uh, a lot of people will purchase a firearm, and to them, that's it. You know, that's the end of it. That's They've uh, they purchased a firearm, now they have it. And so that's it. Everything's good to go. The only problem is, yeah. is that the most, the majority of folks who have firearms are not competent in their use. So, if so the you, possible thing to do is to learn how to use it and keep learning because it's it's an ongoing process. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. You're you need to become proficient in the use of a, the firearm and in the safe use of it. And then, like what you were talking about, and that is to to pass on uh, your what your discoveries, what you have what you have discovered, what to, what you have found onto others, mm-hmm. and to make sure. Now, let me ask you this: before you got before you got your rifle, 
before you before you had this sea change in your life, what did you think when you when you heard about somebody talking about uh, oh, I'm going to get my rifle, I'm going to go hunting, or I'm going to get a rifle for self defense? What immediately came into your mind at that time? Would you think, well, that's silly, or did you think yes. that uh, no? Sounds good to me. Sounds good okay. to me. I mean, we my my, my father had um, guns in the house. My grandfather did. My my grandmother was an NRA instructor. Um, she, uh, there, I mean, we've, there, guns have always been a part, kind of, of life, and um, but it was just time for me. Yeah, right. they've, they've never been, they've never been scary or evil or anything horrible to me. Well, they're, they're a tool. They're a tool to be used in a, in a proper fashion. Well, I'm glad that you did. And, and when you went to the apple seed, like you, you were saying that uh, you'd heard about it for a while, and you finally got a rifle. And once you got the rifle, you said, "Oh, now I need to figure out how to use this thing." And mm-hmm. apple seed was a, was probably one of the best decisions because uh, because our program is tailored to folks who uh, who have never touched a firearm before, and it's got to be uh, the least expensive on the market. Uh, did, when you went to the apple seed, was it still free, or did you have to pay ten bucks, or do you remember? Ten bucks. Ten bucks. Mm-hmm. You uh-huh. can't beat that. Two days of instruction for ten bucks. I know. That's right. And on top of that, not just the instruction, not just rifle instruction, but you the get a rock solid foundation in safety, in uh, rifle safety, and you get. Uh, uh, probably at least an hour of uh, American history, American heritage. Uh, on top of that, so I think that's a. You couldn't. It'd be hard to find a better way to spend ten bucks. Mhm. It was great, and I and I'm going to go again in 2013 as many times as I can. All right, and your job this time, Catherine, is going to be to drag somebody with you. Oh yeah. <laughs> and let me ask you this: What were you shooting uh, by the end of the? Uh, uh, the apple seed. Do you remember what your high score was? It was marksman. It was, and I was, I was about, uh, I think, eight or ten points below rifleman. So, uh, like, was somewhere in the one seventies or something like that? I, I would have to look at my, I would have to look at my paper. <laughs> well, that's all right. That's all right. I just, I just didn't know if you, I, I you know, normally, uh, I tell folks that whenever. <clears throat> If you have a a guy that comes to an event and a girl that comes to an event uh, with the same level of skills, and heck, I've seen plenty of times when, when guys who grew up shooting and hunting and everything have brought their wives to an event, and the woman has never touched a rifle. And by the end of the day, she's shooting better than the husband, and uh, and he's standing there looking around and wondering what happened. And... Uh, <laughs> The problem is, is that most guys, uh, number one, they think that they're genetically enhanced uh, and empowered with uh, the ability uh, to operate a firearm. And two, they usually have a whole lot of bad habits they've drug with them. And when we're trying to explain to them how to uh, how to put together a, a technique or how to uh, or to teach them a skill. And they're listening with one ear because they're thinking, I already know how to do this. I already know how to do this. And usually the women are saying, you know what, I really 
I really don't know for sure what I'm doing, so I'm going to listen, and then I'm going to do what they say. And mm-hmm. uh, like I said, by the end of the day, uh, the women usually have, have outpaced the guys. And uh, and I don't want to tell this. I don't want to tell folks this. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to stop you from bringing uh, a uh, a female family member, a loved one. But uh, I'm just telling you this because. Uh, that's usually what happens. And I'll tell you another thing, Captain, is that in the Appleseed uh, workforce, too, we usually find the same thing with the women uh, the women workers. And I always tell people at Appleseed, I say, look, be careful if you ask uh, a female Appleseed uh, admin p- person to do something. Don't ask them unless you really want it to be done because... <laughs> <laughs> the, the women usually will just do it. The guys talk a lot about doing it, how they're going to one day they're going to do it, and the women just go ahead and do it. So that's one of the things that uh, I really appreciate about our uh, female Appleseed members. <clears throat> well, when you went to the Appleseed, Catherine, was it was it what you thought it was going to be, or was it a lot different, or what did you think uh, after you'd gone at the, at the end of the day on Saturday? It was the same. It was it was similar to what I expected, and it was it was even better than I expected. I really wasn't quite sure what to expect, but I, I knew that there would be history. I knew that there would be shooting and lots of it, um, but I didn't realize the intensity of it all. And it was just out of this world. It's a, it's a wonderful program that you have. You said you didn't re- you didn't realize how intense it was going to be. Yeah, it is. I guess it is kind of intense at times, isn't it? Because we try to keep to a pretty strict schedule because there's so much that we're trying to make sure that uh, that we teach you. And we don't want to leave anybody in the dust, but we also want to make sure that we're we're keeping a good pace while we're mm-hmm. doing it. And uh, mm-hmm. and I think that a lot of people too. Too mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and and we try to make sure that we don't cross that line and make it too much, but. I still think that a, a lot of people think, uh, or they don't realize, that that they've never gone to the range and uh, and said, okay, we're going to get to the range early. We're going to get there about 8 o'clock and get set up, and then we're going to shoot without stopping uh, until lunch. We're going to take a quick break for lunch, and we're going to shoot without stopping until 5 o'clock. And, uh, and we're going to be getting into all different positions. We're going to be getting up. We're going to get down. We're going to get up. We're going to get down. We're going to go down the target line, we're going to come back, on and on. And then we're just going to do that all day. And uh, we're going to do it in in whatever weather happens to be uh, occurring that day. And a lot of people just don't realize that uh, they don't think about it. They think about maybe when they're going to the range, and they go to the range, and they shoot a few rounds, and then they, they drink a soda, and they shoot the breeze for a while, and, uh, you know, and, and we keep a pretty strict, uh, a pretty good schedule, uh, and and like you said, uh, we don't leave anybody behind. We don't. We we do our best not ever to leave anyone behind or to give them too much. We try it. We we we've, we've tried to pace it out and work it so that we're pushing folks hard, and hopefully they're breaking a sweat, but that uh, nobody's passing out on the line. Yep. 
well, you say you're going to go to another one in 2013. You uh, have you thought about uh, about joining the ranks and becoming an instructor? Possibly, possibly. I might get better. <laughs> I got to shoot rifleman first. <laughs> well, you, I believe I truly believe you'll do it at your next event. And listen, between now and then, the one thing that I always tell folks is that. Uh, that the the road to rifleman, uh it's usually not it's usually not ever made or it's not made as fast at the yeah. range. The best place for you to to hone your skills and to practice your craft is right there at home and by doing your dry firing game. And your dry mm-hmm. firing game that uh, includes getting into all of the positions, into the prone, the seated, standing working on your trigger control, working on executing the shot by the six steps, uh, working on magazine changes, uh, working on side alignment, side picture, working on your respiratory pause, working on all of those things, and then dry firing uh, several hundred to several thousand rounds between the events. That is the way to ensure that you're going to uh, shoot to rifleman standards. So make sure that you're working on your dry firing game, Catherine. Mm-hmm. Definitely am doing that. All right. Well, anything else you want to get to folks? Did you have a good Christmas? Had a great Christmas. <laughs> well, thank you for uh, thank you for calling in, and uh, we wish you a, a happy new year. You and uh, and listen, whenever you get ready to go to your next event, or when you get when you when you come back from it, be sure and call in and let us know, all right? I will do. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Catherine. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And uh, and that's uh, that's kind of a different uh, a different caller. Uh, not really, but somebody who... Yeah, but you see that more and more. Somebody who just uh, says, okay, now's the time. I'm going to get a rifle. I'm going to learn how to use it. And 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 we're thankful for them because without them, uh, our numbers would be dwindling. And the American heritage of shooting uh, would be disappearing. All right, let's take another call. Tom from Spokane, you're, uh, you're on the air. Welcome to the show, Tom. Well, good evening to you. Hey, I wanted to uh, just check in and maybe relay to your audience uh, a list of things that they can be proactive about in lieu of this upcoming uh, potential gun ban that's coming down the pike. Come on, let's go, Give it to us. Well, what, you know, what we're up against here is a massive mob. It's got a lot, awful lot of money that's being dumped into uh, pushing this agenda, and it was written, and they, like you said, they were just waiting for the event to happen before they were going to start pushing buttons and letting things go. This gun control thing, if you think about it, uh, was being pushed before they even had the kids picked up off the floor. And what upsets me most about this shooting is that that principal charged the gunman empty-handed. She didn't even have a gun. And the fact that I think uh, upsets me the most about it are these gun-free zones, which are gun-kill zones. 
I want your listeners to understand that from my perspective, what the media is doing right now and playing up this this event, they're actually giving the next mass murder all the ammunition to say, hey, if I can go do it, look how much coverage I'm going to get. And people don't realize that that is setting us up for another fall. And the the other thing I think about is when we did have the Clinton gun ban, the Columbine incident happened afterwards. So this gun ban is not going to prevent more fatal shootings in the future. Other steps need to be taken. So as a gun well, owner, yeah, we 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 did we talked about that last week because the uh, the actual number of uh, of crimes committed. And I believe that uh, one of the callers last week had called in with the actual numbers uh, from, was it 2011? I think it was 2011 is the, the, was the, uh, the last uh, set of statistics that had been finished. And uh, everybody, everybody should know that we're also on a, we're on a 45-year low right now with uh, firearm violence. Well, exactly, uh, exactly, because uh, it's been shown by the statistics and everything else that it's not the firearms that are causing all these uh, atrocities. It's it's screwed up people that are doing it. Anyway, anyway, let me let me shift gears for you here because I know your listeners are saying, well, well this is coming down the pike, and uh, there you know there's nobody really standing up out there for the gun rights people, but there's a lot we can be doing right now. And in the future, we got to get to work here, uh, folks. And the first thing I would suggest is if you are not, if you're listening to this show and you are not a member of the NRA, shame on you. You should be a full-fledged member of the NRA as well as the Second Amendment Foundation as well as any of the other gun clubs and groups in your local area. It's time now to get involved and start getting uh, letting go of some of that hard-earned cash to to get our defenses in order to fight the political fight. In fact, this winter, uh, this winter, this Christmas, uh, I made uh, NRA members out of most of my family members, whether they're gun control advocates or not. They uh, they're going to be getting a nice little letter in the mail from the NRA welcoming them to the club. And there's a thought for uh, your listeners: is not just you, but your wife and your family and your extended family. If you're that serious about it, start getting people signed up so the numbers go up in terms of people supporting the NRA as well as the financial contributions because we're going to need it for this one. Uh, yeah, does that make sense to you? No, go ahead. Yeah, no, that uh, that was one of the things I did. Um, the other thing is uh, I've been I've got a canned letter that I've written that I can attach to not only my uh, senators and congressmen over in D.C., but also all my state representatives. And I'm putting these letters out. Next week I'll draft up another canned letter and send it out. It just takes a little bit of time to, to uh, type up a little letter uh, voicing your opinion and your stance for uh, your support of the Second Amendment and firing those off because they have to see letters coming in uh, and voices heard from people like you and I. So just sitting back and uh, and doing nothing is uh, what the gun control people want you to do. It's time to stand up and take a uh, let your voice be heard uh, through letters and uh, other networking things. The other thing I would suggest is if if somebody in a conversation you happen to overhear or whatever at work at a restaurant or wherever. Uh, if you hear a voice uh, in favor of gun control, 
confront the voice. Don't be confrontational, but step up and let your opinion be heard as well so that uh, you just don't let that conversation go by. And uh, the other th- exactly, don't be passive. Now's not the time to be passive. The fact that you own a gun makes you political in this arena right now. And uh, and so you better start voicing your opinions and letting folks know. You know, if I lived with that other caller back in Virginia and I heard people talking uh, pro-gun control, I'd let them know the reasons why that, that uh, that's the wrong way to be thinking in this country. And uh, the other thing that we could do, this year, this, is my, this was my fifth year at an apple seed. This year I brought 40 people, uh, new members, to their first apple seed. And if you can't be become an instructor, I think it it's inherently behooves us to at least double the number of people that we've taken to an apple seed from the previous year. And if I can bring 40 people to an apple seed, I think a lot of your listeners can at least double the number of people that they've had there. Don't it, just invite your your daughter and your son. Invite a couple of their friends and maybe their parent their parents to come to boot. And that's what we've been doing. And next thing you know, we had families on the line shooting and, and enjoying it and learning the history about how this country was founded on the Second Amendment and a gun control issue. So uh, there are just a few things I wanted to, to pass along. I, I guess the last thing I would tell your listeners is right now is the time to get squared away with your guns. They're going off the shelves. Magazines are hard to find. Ammunition is hard to find. And if you're not squared away with your guns, now is a good time to try to uh, get up to speed, as difficult as it is, uh, in this uh, 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 fire that's going on out there in these days. I don't know if you've been to a gun shop lately, but they're they're swamped, and uh, we have to really get on the stick here if uh, we need to get our our house in order. So well, I just thought uh, I would check I in would, with I, you tonight. I certainly agree with uh, a lot of the stuff you said. The the uh, the knee-jerk reaction to the shootings is just that, uh, and we were discussing that earlier in the show that uh, that the lawmakers, you know, they feel obligated to make laws uh, whenever something like this goes on. Because what else? What else are they going to do? They've, they've got to make a law to do this, and uh, and the actual number of uh, of firearms-related deaths, especially, uh, well, especially for the the firearms that they're going after, the uh, the what they would call assault weapons, uh, were responsible uh, for less than one percent of one percent of all of the uh, firearms homicides uh, that occurred in 2011. I believe that there were. Uh, Let's see. It was, I believe the number was right under 400 uh, deaths that were caused by rifles, and of those, there was only a few, uh, no more than uh, I don't believe it was many more than a dozen that were caused by assault weapons. So, and I hate the fact that people are uh, that they've got this term assault weapon because. Very few people in the uh, in the nation have assault weapons, and that is a fully automatic uh, medium cartridged uh, uh, rifle. Uh, but the, the in the ten years 
of the assault weapons ban, the previous one, uh, it had no effect. It had no effect whatsoever on any type of gun violence, crime, anything. And now they're going to do it again because they feel they have to do something. And you're also right about folks uh, lining up to buy rifles because uh, because now I guess uh, most of the people figure that if they're going to get one, they better get it now because in a short time it's going to be illegal to get them. So you have now you have thousands and thousands of people across the country lining up to buy firearms. And why is it because they've suddenly developed uh, an interest in hunting or shooting? No. The answer is because they're buying it because they fear their government. Because they fear what their government is going to do to them. And we were talking about uh, last week, we were talking about the fact that there's a lot of stuff that goes on uh, before like before a war, before any type of a uh, shooting conflict, like in 1775. There was a lot of stuff that went on before there was actually uh, any shooting, before the players were out on the field and shooting. There was uh, there was there a lot of things that uh, that made a war, that made the... Am I trying to say this uh, without without sounding like a crazy person myself. Anyway, there were a lot of things that happened uh, that added to the fear and added to the the distance between the colonists and between the government. And we're going through the same thing now. We're going through the the, almost the exact same thing. And... uh, and it doesn't look good. Well, I, I, I might agree with you, and I might not on, on a certain term there. Uh, you know, this this is just predicated right now on gun control, and we know the lefties want to get uh, the firearms off the street. There is a huge mob that's coming. And, I mean, we're probably going to get mowed down as we stand up uh, individually and, and voice our opinions, but that's fine. That's what I'm willing to do. Uh, but there's more of us. If you feel like you're alone, if your listeners feel like they're alone, out there, you're not. There's guys like me, and there's plenty of other folks out there that are going to be doing the same thing and uh, and voicing their opinion and standing firm with the Second Amendment. You know, one thing I wanted to also pass on is uh, if your listeners haven't been to the website gunfacts.info, if you haven't been there yet, you should go click on that and just uh, read through it. Look at the facts that you're stating and some of the other interesting facts that are out, out there that you can use as ammunition when you get into uh, uh, conversations with folks that uh, feel that uh, maybe it's okay if they, uh, if they uh, ban uh, assault weapons. You know? and, and I'm just waiting for that person to say, well, who, you really don't need an assault weapon. And, uh, well, then there's lots of things that these people don't need. Maybe they don't need freedom of speech and everything else that's on the Bill of Needs. So, you know, uh, get yourself prepared. That's what you could do now. And get yourself armed up, not just uh, uh, physically with ammunition and rifles, but also intellectually on your websites. To, uh, and write your letters and be proactive. Don't uh, don't sit back. Now is not the time to sit back. Right. And a lot of people, uh, uh, the thing I hear most often 
from folks when I mention this, to mention this to them is that they're saying, <clears throat> well, what good is it going to do for me to do that because I'm just one person. They could care less about me. And, you know, and, and in some cases you're probably right. They They probably could care less about what you say other than you're one of the people that's going to vote for them or not vote for them. And so people people don't contact their representatives because they think it's just one voice. But but more more often than not, the exact opposite is the case. That is, because uh, there is so much uh, apathy and ignorance uh, about our uh, representative system here, folks will not call or contact their uh, their representatives because they don't think there there is any use in it. And because of that, the few people that do call or contact them, they, they actually have a lot more weight than their individual voice. If you call in to your representative and say, look, if you vote for this, this is a deal breaker for me. If you vote on this, there's the, no matter what else you do, I'm going to vote against you. Even if it's uh, somebody else with a different letter in front of their name, I'm going to vote against you. Do you understand what I'm saying? And, and as long as you're polite when you relay this information, they're going to listen to it. And be, and be confrontational, vote, but I mean, not you're, confrontational. Yeah, your 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 decision to call in may actually be representative of. Uh, of 500 people in your district, or 5,000, they actually have uh, uh, they actually have uh, uh, mathematical, I guess, equations to figure this out. That if one person calls in, that person is actually representing X number of uh, of the constituents. So your one voice uh, is really not just one voice; it's much more than that. So take exactly. the time. To call into your reps right now, to call into to the uh, the uh, and not just on a national level. Make sure you make sure you start at the state level and work your way up, and say, look, this for me, this is a deal breaker. Uh, do not vote against this, and you can explain why if you want to. This is uh, and I always make sure that before I get on the line with the and. And listen, you're not going to talk to your representative, okay, unless it's some type of a freak accident. You're not actually going to talk to your representative. You're going to talk to uh, one of the staff members. Regardless, make sure that you are uh, that you have some knowledge of it, uh, that you've looked at uh, some of the statistics. Uh, but even if you don't, even if you don't do that, you can still tell them, look, any, any type of laws, if you vote on any type of laws that are going to limit uh, – my uh my uh constitutional rights to uh to keep and bear arms then then that's it you're done uh then they'll get them that'll get the message across to them uh exactly you can, you can log on to the uh you, you well you can just google representatives and it'll take you straight to uh straight to the place that will that will let you go straight to your uh, representative and let them know. And uh, let's see, you were also talking about the NRA earlier, and I, I'm completely agree with you. Uh, I'm I'm not always happy with the NRA. Matter of fact, I find a lot of times I'm more unhappy 
than not. Regardless, it doesn't matter because they they're on the front lines every single day uh defending the rights of Americans and even if you don't agree with everything they do, you can still uh add your support by becoming a member and you can make sure that you're a member of your state rifle association also. Okay? The uh I'm in Texas and the Texas uh State Rifle Association is uh, right up there on on the level with the NRA as far as uh, how hard they're working to protect the rights of firearms owners in America. So you can become a member of your state uh, rifle association, the national rifle association. You can uh, support uh, the gun owners of America. All of these organizations are out there on the front lines every single day. They they never stop. They never go to sleep. They never go on vacation. They're there every single day watching everything that's going on, and uh, they're ready to jump up there and fight for your rights uh, every single day. But they can't do it without your support. And uh, if you if you can only do your only support is any money, then that's fine. All right. But make sure that you're plugged into this battle somehow because it's not going to work. Conservatives have this horribly fatal flaw, and that is they always look around them and they always think the best of everything. They always think certainly, certainly nobody would do something like that. Certainly nobody would do something evil like that. Certainly nobody would do something stupid like that. Certainly nobody would... uh, Nobody would ever make a law up making it illegal to talk about a politician. That would never happen. And yet it does. And because the conservatives are usually thinking that that nobody would ever do something like that because that would be wrong, then then they're usually uh, smacked uh, pretty hard in the face whenever they see it happen. And you have to be willing to... uh, you have to be willing to plug yourself into this battle, but it's not going to work uh, without you. Yep, Anything I totally to agree to, uh... with that. I totally agree with that. I think, uh, and maybe uh, maybe for your folks to know that I'm going to be out there doing what I can, so uh, they won't be alone. If they want to join me in the fight, they're welcome to do it. All right. And uh, let's see, you are from... You're from Spokane, man. That's uh, that's kind of a rough place to uh, to jump into the fight from, isn't it? No, it ain't. I've got internet. I've got internet and a telephone. <laughs> that's all I need. So, uh, well, real good, real good. Fire up your listener base. Get people involved. It's time to uh, it's time to lock and load our intellectual uh, uh, minds and get ready to to fight a good fight here because because uh, we need we need everybody's help. And uh, if you can, sign your wife up, sign your kids up for the NRA, the NRA ILA, and all the others you mentioned, Gun Owners of America, Second Amendment Foundation, local and state-run gun organizations. Don't be a tightwad here. It's time to uh, let loose uh, and start financially supporting it because we're going to need all the help we can get on this one. And, uh, you know, it's not for our sake. It's for our kids' sake and our grandkids' sake. All right. 
All right. Well, thank you, Tom, and uh, you I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you getting that information out to the folks here. And uh, best of luck and best of skill to you in Spokane. Now, did uh, I hear you say that you were uh, an apple seed instructor in there in Washington? Nope. Nope. I. Uh... I can't be an apple seed instructor just because of the commitment and uh, the time that's allotted. So I've taken on a different mission. And uh, if you can't be an instructor, why not bring more people than the year prior to an apple seed? Get more people exposed and let them hear the story. And like I said, last year, I had my best year, I brought 40 people uh, to the apple seed. I don't know how I'm going to double that this year, but I sure as darn hell I'm going to try. And I think that, you know, if you went with your family, if you took your wife and two kids or a buddy and a friend, another friend, uh, and there were three of you at last year's Appleseed, why not take six people this year? Just build the program. If everybody did that, can you imagine how quickly Appleseed would grow? Do you know how many riflemen we would have in this country? Do you know how many people would be able to stand up and talk about the history of Concord and Lexington and how that's related to gun confiscation? And uh, and be able to talk uh, knowledgeably about that, as well as be a good shot. You know that's what we oh, need listen. in this country. Listen, you're 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 preaching to the choir here, man. Uh, I'm preaching to the choir. The <laughs> I try to tell these folks that uh, it doesn't take uh, it doesn't take a huge amount of time. It doesn't take a huge amount of commitment. All it takes is just a little bit. But if everybody takes a little tiny piece of this then we would be going so far, so fast, it'd be unbelievable. I'm talking about if you just told yourself, look, I'm going to get, I'm going to devote five minutes, and that's all. Only I'm going to set my stopwatch, five minutes, and that's all I'm going to do. But I'm going to do it every single day. I'm going to do five minutes. I'm going to post uh, something on uh, these two forums. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to uh, list an event on a local calendar. Uh, I'm going to call into a radio show. Five minutes a day, and then if you bring one person, if uh, all of the people on the forum, of all of the people that uh, have been to an apple seed, if they just brought one person, then we'd be fixed for the year. Just one person. Yep. Exactly. And exactly. Uh, well, imagine everybody bring in five or six people. Pick. Here's yeah, what I listen, do. I every, pick one every apple seed. Person, every yep. single person that came brought the forty. Then uh, we would be we would jump about four years ahead, and uh, right. we'd be close exactly. to our we'd be close to our our ending goal of one million. So hey, you know you know what I do is I pick a particular apple seed event out, and for us I I prefer uh, the April the closest to April seventeenth as I can get, and so the month of April is my apple seed. That's the way I look at it. And uh, I do a lot of recruiting, and I started about two months ago already signing people up for uh, April. And it's people at work. It's people uh, – heck, we had 30 people at our Christmas party this year at our home, and I had uh, was was uh, recruiting hot and heavy, trying to get those people signed up and ready to go. And I got a lot of commitments, a lot of good verbals, so of course I'm going to follow up on that. But just pick one to your listeners and go to work on trying to get folks to go. And if you don't have enough rifles, if you know a lot of these people don't even own a gun, um, 
you don't have to uh, pick one. You could say, hey, well, I'll tell you what. We're going to go to this apple seed. And personally, I've I've got plenty of 22 rifles, and I loan them out so that these people can get on to go on to another apple seed the following month and use my my firearms. So. Uh, you know, there's no excuse. Let's go out there, <clears throat> recruit, and get people exposed to apple seed. It's what we need in this country. Absolutely. Okay, good. Good talking to you, and uh, let's get out there, everybody, and fight a good fight. Okay, thank you, Tom. Keep up the good work. And listen, call in any time, all right? Uh, we'll be we'll- glad to hear from you and how uh, how the battle is going there in uh, Spokane. Okay, we'll we'll tell you about some of the victories. Good enough. Thanks a lot. All right. Happy New Year. Likewise. Bye bye. All right. Listen, man. That uh, I got to tell you, forty folks, forty folks to uh, to bring to an apple seed. That's that is a lot. Uh, if if we even had just ten uh, percent of the people in the program doing that. Uh, good grief. We we would jump uh, probably about two years ahead. And four, well, 40 is a lot. Four is not. Four is not. Four is a doable thing. You just got to do it. You just got to make a commitment and say, look, I'm going to do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab four folks to bring with me. And if, you're, if your best bud won't come or your... Uh, uh, or the people you uh, that you hang out with won't come. Get somebody else. Make a new friend. Make a make a new friend and bring them to Appleseed. They don't even have to be your friend. All right. All you got to do is get them to an Appleseed. Get them to an Appleseed, and we'll do the rest. We'll teach them how to safely and competently use their rifle, and we will do our absolute best to launch them from the Appleseed launch pad. So, four people. That's a, that's a pretty easy goal. I, I don't think that I did 40 this year, but uh, but I probably wasn't that far from it. And uh, we've got uh, several people. that uh, I've got one that... Uh, I can always depend on to bring at least uh, uh, at least a full carload of folks every time they come, and that is uh, Rachel, who is a uh, a full instructor now, bullet on the form. And I don't know that uh, she's ever come to an event without either her car being full or or having a car following her full of people, and. If we had every instructor doing that, good grief, we could have, uh, with just four people, we would have a minimum of uh, probably 60 or 70 on the line at each of the Davila events. And we would definitely be adding uh, another, probably another 1,000 people every weekend to the Appleseed uh, attendance rolls. 1,000 people every weekend, 4,000 a month, forty-eight thousand a year. That's just with four. That's just four people uh, uh, that you bring additionally bring to an event. <clears throat> I would be satisfied with just one. If uh, if every instructor, just the instructors, 
if every instructor were to bring one person to every event, that would uh, increase the numbers. But there's a lot of folks who show up, and, and I've got to admit, I want to I want to thank them for this. A lot of folks that show up at events, and they usually never show up alone. I'll see some of the same faces that I'll see uh, uh, four or five times a year, and they'll have a new person with them that they brought. Now, these aren't instructors. These are just people who are attending that are uh, working on shooting to uh, rifleman standards or people that have already shot the rifleman standards, but they want to stay current with their skills, and so they come to another. They come to another event, and that's why they stay current with their skills. And I'm sure that a lot of people, uh, for a lot of folks, it is just as... uh, it's just as efficient a use of their dollar as it is to pay to be a member of a range or to pay range fees and stuff like that. Uh, they can just schedule themselves for uh, two, three, four apple seeds a year, and they're still getting under, they're paying under the amount they pay for a yearly membership in their uh, local gun club, but they're getting a lot more out of it. They're getting two solid days of uh, rifle marksmanship instruction, and they're in the company of a lot of good folks. So I think that they're uh, they're getting their their money's worth out of it. <clears throat> All right, let's take another caller. We've got uh, Kenny from New Orleans. Kenny, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Scout. Um, hopefully, you recognize who this is. Uh, yes, sir. I'm glad you guys made it home okay. Absolutely, it was uh, it was a fantastic weekend. I, I do not regret making the eight hour drive each way. And uh, you just said it met a lot of fantastic people. Glad we got over there to uh, you know make those contacts and enjoy everybody's company. And thank you uh, as our gracious host. Well, yeah, Kenny and uh, and his crew. Drove over from uh, New Orleans, and uh, that is last weekend at the last apple seed here, and uh, and they shot <clears throat> on Saturday. They uh, they uh, shot on the line with us, and they helped instruct uh, Kenny's instructor. And uh, then on Sunday, I told them because uh, the, the folks in New Orleans here didn't have uh, a good local actual distance range. I told them just to get set up on the actual distance range and shoot uh, all day Sunday on the actual distance range. And so you guys, uh, you guys were hammering away all day over there. Yes, we were, and it was a uh, it was a special treat. Like you said, we don't have access to uh, that type of range uh, readily at our our call. So we trust me, we cherish that that time we had. So we greatly appreciate it. Um, right, you. and it was good to it was good to meet all you guys because though you uh, a lot of times you're you're familiar with folks you see them posting on the Appleseed forum uh, you hear them being talked about and stuff like that and then you don't but that's as far as it goes you know you don't get you don't know them personally or anything but then you finally get to meet the folks and uh, and it's great because uh, then you can get put a uh, uh, a face with the name, 
And uh, like I was saying, Appleseed has some of the best folks in the world. And I got to spend uh, uh, several hours uh, with uh, Kenny and the crew there from New Orleans, <clears throat> share their campfire at night. And uh, Kenny even brought a bunch of uh, uh, fresh oysters that uh, got cracked open and eaten uh, nice and fresh there around the campfire. And, uh, you know, when we got to socialize with each other, which, uh, which there's, uh, there's no way to put a, uh, you know, a, a value on that other than, uh, it is absolutely fantastic to be in the company of Rifleman. I agree. Absolutely agreed. And, and Scout, we, in the same month, we, we made, our crew made two trips. We went to Pensacola to do a run a shoot over there. And we got to meet some folks that also trekked uh, equally as far as we did uh, to go to your place uh, from uh, Tallahassee to Pensacola to work a shoot. And they were a great bunch of folks, too. Uh, I'm remiss in being able to tell you their, uh, their form names, but a uh, good bunch of folks and, and really enjoyed their company. And, yes, it, it was good making those contacts. It's always good to put a name with, with a face, but also to spend some time finding out who each other is and, and, uh, and, and you know, just spending that time. Yeah. As you said. Yeah. I've mentioned before that, uh, that, that I've met folks before folks have shown up here in uh, Texas and at the Davila location and they've, uh, They've introduced myself, their self, hello, I'm I'm so-and-so, and I shake their hand, I go, so nice to meet you. And then, uh, and I go on about, um, you know, my business and stuff, and then I'll notice that something, something's going on, and uh, and then I'll talk to them again, and I'll, I'll, I'll ask them, I said, do I, do I know you? Or they say, well, I'm so-and-so from the forum. I'm like, oh, well, why didn't you tell me that? I don't know anybody's, I don't know most of the people's actual names. I'll have been talking to them for for years on the forum, but I didn't have a face or an actual name to go by usually. And uh, right. I'm sure that before they they felt slighted, but I certainly didn't mean it. I just didn't uh, I wouldn't, didn't put their name and their and their forum name together. You know, that's one of the things that I, I almost wish that we never would have had, and that's the forum nicknames because. Uh, it makes things confusing at times, and sometimes I feel like it makes it, uh, uh, I don't want to say unprofessional, but I, but it makes it confusing at times. And, uh, uh, well, but well, I believe, nonetheless. I, I, I believe you talked about it earlier as uh, the social media. It happens to be one of the uh, conventions and the norm, uh, just like with the IMing and all of the, electronic media we have today and it's easier to make a, a monicum or a some sort of uh some alter ego maybe per se uh to right. identify ourselves and and yes and i even picked one that uh, i'm reluctant to tell everyone because one they'll never remember it but uh it, it's it's special to me so it's uh, and it's Islaño 1963, which means Islander, which my ancestors are. Uh, but anyway, we won't get into all that. Uh, I do want to uh, make a my, take my orange hat off to your previous caller, uh, being able to uh, get 40 people to an event. 
uh, to to the events over the year. And wow, that's we need to know some of his secrets. What what is he? How does he uh, hook him? What does he? You know, where does he recognize their interest peaks or? I mean, does he literally duct tape them up, put him in, put him in his trunk, and get them there? Uh, but I would love to know. Uh, I, I feel I have the gift of gab. I can usually get people interested, but to actually get them there is, uh, you know, asking for that PO. Uh, it would be great to know uh, at what point he he recognizes that they uh, they they bought in and they're coming. And the other thing, your your folks, Rachel, yes, that was fantastic watching that uh, parade of cars with all of her participants that they get out there. That was really, uh, really amazing, too. And you asked at the beginning of this, uh, before you started taking calls, goals, what are we going to do to uh, continue to fight the good fight? And it got me thinking, and uh, I'm, I'm on. I'm, I am almost on automatic mode. Is uh, correspondence with my representatives, uh, but the, I believe the biggest thing for me uh, since my first apple seed was June of 2012, and it is promoting apple seed. I just see this as a vehicle that we can. Because you can, rather than just talking about the politics that we, of course, don't talk about at Appleseed, but in our social uh, environment in, in saying what's right and what's wrong or our opinions more or less, but to get them to Appleseed and say, hey, look at the sacrifices that have gone on. Look at what the foundation we had to build on and how far the ship has sailed in the wrong direction, if that's the way you feel, get off the couch. And I've really bought into a lock, stock, and barrel. Not bought into it, but believe in it. And, <clears throat> of course, my goal for 2013 is to become a full instructor. And <clears throat> we have already uh, engaged with a new range today, uh, another sheriff's office that has agreed to allow us to shoot there. So, uh, Law Dog, Dan and I are planning on being there um, next week to go measure it up and get them signed up. And uh, that's, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to, um, through my marketing, getting 40 or more people. So, he, he set a hefty goal for me, uh, your previous caller. <laughs> right. Well, I think that everyone needs to make sure that. Uh, uh, like the one caller was saying, that uh, if they do hear somebody talking about it, don't be afraid to join in, because everybody thinks that for you to have a for you to have a firearm, no matter what kind it is, for you to have a firearm, means that uh, you are uh, you have some evil intent, and that's simply uh, absolutely false. The, there are folks shooting every single weekend with the Appleseed uh, Project. And every single one of them is having a good time. I have yet to ever hear of anyone involved in the program that has that has committed any crime at all, let alone any type of a firearms crime. Uh, they're out there shooting. They're shooting so that they can learn how to do it. Uh, they're shooting because they enjoy uh, learning a new skill or honing their existing skills. And they're not... Uh, they're, they're not training to do any evil or anything like that. Uh, 
And right now, every everything that it has anything to do with a firearm has is there is trying to be tri- tied in to evil intent. And folks need to make sure that they are that they're talking to other people about this. And yes, the the school shootings in Connecticut were an absolutely uh, horrible and evil thing. But that is one person out of over 300 million people. And you're never going to get rid of somebody doing something evil uh, in this world. There's no way you're going to get rid of it. But just because that one person did something evil does not mean that the over 100 million firearms owners in America, they had that, uh, was it the NRA or somebody had that uh, that saying a while back that they always put up that was uh, uh, over 100 million firearms owners uh, committed no crimes with their firearms today. And uh, And that's the way that it is. That's the reality of it. And we can't let that, that as horrible as it seems to be talking about this with, or to be arguing or debating this with, uh, with the folks who were killed in Connecticut, just barely being get put in their graves, you we you can't let it lie either. You can't let you can't let the lies go unchallenged. So, so you have to be. Uh, you have to be fighting the ignorance that uh, is in almost every conversation that uh, somebody that somebody puts out. There's a local radio commercial for a gun shop in, I believe it's in Austin, and I cringe every time I hear about it. Every time I hear it, it's been going on for about a year or two. <clears throat> but the commercial says nobody wants to talk about guns. And I think, what, what are they talking about? Who doesn't want to talk about guns? I do. I'll talk to you. I'll talk to anybody about guns. So why are they saying, why are they Im- immediately, and this is a gun shop, why are they immediately saying that nobody wants to talk about guns, that it's a, a taboo subject? Well, it's not. And and you can't, we can't let this one act color uh, every every good intention of the 100 million other firearms owners. Agreed. Well, what do you guys have uh, on the books coming up, Kenny? <clears throat> well, uh, we've got we also uh, do in, uh, apple seeds in Biloxi in uh, Mississippi, and that schedule uh, should be posted, I believe, uh, this week or next week. And uh, we're working on the New Orleans metro area, and as I said, bringing some other uh, locations online. So right now we don't have any dates. We're hoping that we can uh, pack one in uh, at the end of January, 26 and 27, just before Mardi Gras. And uh, then from there we've uh, we've got a National Guard range where we shoot, which is once a quarter. So Dan's working that out with them now. But for the most part, we're working on our uh, just. Staying focused and getting the dates set, and uh, working on our, of course, myself working on 
uh, my storytelling. Uh, I can't wait to get up and do my first. Uh, I was going to be nervous, but I do like doing that as uh, getting to do one of the first strikes or or some um, dangerous old man stories. Uh, really well, I'll tell you that. the same thing. I tell the, I'll tell you the same thing. I tell the rest of the folks that uh, that are getting their stories ready, and that is that the the actual names and the dates and the times and the locations. Yeah, that's uh, it's good to know all of that, and it's good to get it right. But the most important part of your presentation is telling it with passion because it has to mean something to you. Because if it doesn't mean something to you, then why in the world would it mean anything to anybody else? And you have to tell it with passion and with conviction because it deserves that. Those folks that that stood in ranks on those days and and ended up... uh, ended up being the beginning of a new nation, and a lot of them giving their lives for it on that day, they deserve that. They deserve that passion in the retelling of the story. So yes. let me just uh, tell you to make sure that uh, that you find, you, you look through the story, and you find the parts of the story that resonate inside you, and that is how you develop your story. You You, you, you link it to the parts of the story that mean something to you, and then you tell the story with passion. Yeah. It, in that case, it's the entire story, uh, and that's one of the things that really uh, inspired me with Appleseed, to go out and shoot. I, like you said, we could do that day in, day out, but to have this all rolled up into one, and I, I literally had tears in my eyes the first time I heard the uh, stories and and the individuals of the sacrifice, you know, the sacrifices they they um, gave on that that day. And it's just incredible. So that's why I'm here. All right. For the for the the, the past and for the future. So. Well, got anything else you want to get out, uh, Kenny? No, I think we've covered it. I definitely look forward to visiting you another time. Uh, like I said, the Louisiana folks, we had a great time and um, and look forward to visiting with you again and listening to you on the blog radio. All right. Well, thank you very much for calling in. And listen, uh, I love hearing from you. Don't be a stranger. Call in uh, anytime you're listening, all right? Great. And Happy uh, New you. Year to you guys, and uh, Happy Mardi Gras if I don't see you before then. <laughs> yeah, same yeah. to you and yours. All right, take care, brother. You too. Bye. All right, now we've got, uh, we've got uh, Mark from Arkansas uh, who wants to talk. Mark, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me on. Can you hear me? Absolutely, sir, I can hear you. Well, I I just wanted to check because I've had some issues with the local phone company on uh, people not hearing me. Anyway, I just wanted to make a comment that I think uh, I I continually keep hearing about how people have Second Amendment rights. And I totally disagree with that whole concept because that means that people in Russia or people in China or people in other parts of the world – don't have Second Amendment rights because, after all, they're not Americans and they don't have a U.S. Constitution, so they don't have Second Amendment rights. 
what every creature living on this planet has, that it has a brain and that can walk on two legs and that is human, is God-given right to life. And there's a correlative right to that life is the right to self-defense by whatever means necessary to be able to defend themselves from an aggressor. And so that right that I have isn't predisposed by some paper that some guys wrote 200 and something years ago. It's predisposed by the fact that I'm born and I have a right to my life and no one has a right to take my life. And so everybody on this planet has the right to defend themselves against an aggressor and they don't have the right to be an aggressor under any circumstance, period, as far as I can tell. Uh, We only have the right to defend ourselves and the aggressors are, I would say in most cases, the ones that are wrong and th- this right, like I say, comes from birth, and it's a it's a natural right. If you believe in God, it's God given. If you believe in whatever, it's a right that I have, and I don't. So I don't have a Second Amendment right. I've got a right to defend myself, and I have a right to use whatever means necessary. And if that happens to be a pistol, a rifle, a baseball bat, a knife, a rock, my car, I don't care. If I can, u- if I have to use it to defend myself, then it's, you know, it's. It's okay. And, uh, right. Well, if you if you listen to the show, you'll uh, you'll hear me quite often making sure that I, I make this distinction to people, and that is that we don't the Constitution we don't derive our rights from the Constitution. The Constitution yeah. simply enumerates those God-given rights that we already possess. It enumerates them, and what it does is it tells the the government that is in place, that we put into place, it just informs them of our God-given rights. So Absolutely. however, it's, uh, it, gets, it gets referred to as the Second Amendment right because it's the Second Amendment in the Bill of Rights. But it is well, not a right a that we derive from the Constitution. They say that we've got Second Amendment rights. I've got my Second Amendment rights, and, and they, need, they need to just understand that without any Constitution, a real simple way to understand law in, in itself is to ask yourself a question and the question would be if I do this whatever it might be and I'm not damaging someone else's life liberty or property is it okay for me to do this and if the answer is yes then any law that contradicts that is wrong if I'm not damaging someone else's life liberty or property by smoking marijuana then then there should be absolutely no law that require that makes it so that I can't if I'm not damaging someone else's life, liberty, or property by owning a Stinger missile, then I should be able to own a Stinger missile. If the only reason I want to own the Stinger missile is to take down Apache helicopters that may be attacking me because they've been told to go out and get gun owners or whatever, then I have every right to own the Stinger missile according to our founding fathers and according to that Second Amendment because that would put me on par with the government's weapons. And See, they don't want us to be on par. That's why in 1934 they took away our right to own a full auto without going through a bunch of paperwork. And now to get an M16, it costs you 15000 bucks and $200 for a tax stamp and this extensive background check to find out whatever, you know. And then they can still deny it because maybe your local sheriff or whoever won't sign you off. And so basically they're violating your right to keep and bear arms at that point. I think our, our founding fathers thought along the same line as the people that run Switzerland. And if you look at Switzerland, 
They've got laws rockets. They've got RPGs. They've got full autos. They've got all kinds of stuff right in their homes in case of an invasion. And they're more concerned with an invasion than they are with their government because obviously the government thinks along the same lines as the people do. In our country, plain and simple, we've had communists take over. And they didn't just take over last week or last year or in the past four years. They took over back in about 1913, and they've become bolder and bolder ever since. And, I mean, when you understand what communism is, you understand the ten planks, you can see them all in force and effect in the United States for the past 50 years. First plank, abolition of all right to private property and the application of all rent to public purpose. Well, you tell me who owns their own property in this country because if they don't pay the rent on their property for the public purpose, which may be the, well, we'll say the local school system or whatever, they'll find right. out who owns their houses. They're kicked out into the street. And if That's you look right. at the tenth plank, which is, Education for children in public schools, well, they call it government schools in the, in the 10th plank. Well, what do we have? We have education for children in public schools and what for? So that, they can so that they won't teach us the ways to control our government. One of the things that we can do as people, and I don't know if you guys touch on this much on your show. This is actually the first time I've listened to one of your shows. But one of the things we can do as people is we can uh, nullify their lousy laws by going into court and saying not guilty when – Somebody's charged with one, with, with violating one. Uh, personally, I don't believe that we should have to, have to go and ask permission and pay a fee to exercise a right and carry a firearm by getting a permit. I think that you should have the, that, that if it's a right, it's a right. Otherwise, it's a privilege. And if it's a privilege, well, then, yes, you'd have to go and ask permission and pay a fee and take a test or whatever. But a number of the states, I understand there's four now, realize it's a right, and they don't ask the people of the, of the state to go and do the jump through these loops hoops like a poodle, and so they can right. carry their firearms as long as they don't damage someone else's life, liberty, or property. Well, they're carrying them, and they only are using them to defend their own life or someone else's in case of a crime. There's no problem. But some states, most states, want you to have a permit. Well, I say right. that if I'm, I'm on a jury still... and a guy's been charged with carrying a firearm without a permit, I'm going to hang the jury. I'm going to say to myself, this guy's not guilty because. He didn't violate any real law. The law that requires him to have a permit is in violation of his of the Constitution, plain and simple. Well, that's and, certainly uh, anyways, something that, that a lot of there's a lot of talk about now, and there should be, and that is the 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 theory and the practice of jury nullification. Absolutely. And uh, the Tenth Amendment program that's running. We've got uh, jury nullification. We've got uh, folks like, uh, well, like Sheriff Matt, who is absolutely uh, we just pushing the constitutional sheriff before he was actually even elected to the Constitutional Sheriff and Peace Officers Association uh, seminar in September, and that in this particular sheriff is saying that if the feds come to take our guns, he's going to have a mass swearing in of deputies at the co at the local high school stadium. That's right. And Sheriff Mack has been on the show before. As a matter of fact, he'll be on the show. Uh, well, he'll be on the show in. Uh, I can't tell you the date right now, but it, it should be in the next. Uh, sometime in the next uh, four or five weeks, he'll be back on the show to talk about how the uh, the con the convention went, because these are the things that are that are. There's a lot of things we don't have a, much power over. But there's a lot of things that we do. There's a lot of ways that we can uh, that we can 
cause change. A lot of ways that we can do things. One of the ways it's like you that you brought up is the jury notification. If there is some type of if you're sitting on a uh, jury and there's something that is going in direct violation of uh of our God given rights, then there is there you have absolutely have the right to disagree with it. Now the judges and the prosecutors they absolutely freak out when they hear even just a mention of this because it it destroys all the power they have over you and uh and it puts the power back where it should be in the people's hands. You know, you're mentioning the the four states now that uh have pretty much eliminated most of the most of the uh the issues with being able to to carry and I'm still waiting for the the massive uh, Wild West slaughtering that was supposed to be going on when they did that. Every time you have some state that's uh, getting ready to open up a uh, a right to carry, a right to carry concealed or open carry, whatever it is, you immediately have uh, hundreds of voices screaming that it's going to be a slaughter, it's going to be a massacre, there's going to be... Uh, it's going to be the Wild West with people shooting everybody on the streets. The murder rate's going to go up. The crime rate's going to go up. And that has never happened. Not in a single case uh, has that happened where any state has uh, has opened up the right to carry. Has that happened? Matter of fact, it's usually just the opposite. Usually their crimes go down. If you look at places like New Jersey and Washington, D.C., these are the states with the absolute most uh, oppressive firearms laws in the country. And you'll see two of the highest crime rates, including the highest crime rates with uh, firearms. Now, it's already illegal for you to have any type of firearm there in those uh, in those states, any type of uh, handgun. And yet, it uh, it seems like the, the ability to legislate crime out of existence isn't working too well there for them. So I don't think that uh, I don't think that what we need is more laws. I think what we need is is uh, some of the laws shaved back. So I'm I'm all well, I'm there right there with you, Mark. What is it? Well, uh, I'm, I'm what are the laws looking like there in Arkansas? Yep. What are the laws like there right there in Arkansas? What are the laws like uh, in Arkansas for uh, concealed carry and stuff like that? Well, in Arkansas, you're supposed to go down and jump through a bunch of hoops and pay a fee and take a class and all that kind of stuff. Well, I so, know I mean, that uh, when I'm driving from one state to firearms permit, that's not really a big issue. But uh, what I, I know thought that when I'm driving from one state to, the, to another, when I'm when I'm driving from one state to another, I got to pay real close attention to what I'm doing because uh, every state has something different. In Texas, it can't be visible. And I think in, I don't know if that's what it is in Arkansas, I can't remember now. I, I know that I check before I go into each state because uh, in some states it has to be visible. It has to be unloaded and visible. In it's some retarded. states it's got to be, yep. In some I mean, states I mean, it, it has to be just, locked up, you know. It's like, like where's in a common case. sense for crying out loud? Yeah, go ahead and lock your gun up and what good is it to have it? You might as well, you know, I mean, you're, you're disarmed for all intents and purposes. But I, uh, anyways, yeah, our, our local sheriff, uh, he's definitely one of the ones that I'm, I'll be standing behind if the time comes, I'll, I'll say that. And, and one of the things that he thought was an interesting idea was the concept of having a class that the sheriff's department puts on for any teacher that wants to take the class 
and then, you know, with proper training and everything, and then be able to carry a concealed firearm as a deputy because he would deputize those those particular teachers, and of course that would buy, that would bypass any federal uh, laws that have to do with so-called uh, safe gun zones in schools, which are really safe for criminals in school zones, and so. Anyways, I, I'm sort of convinced this whole thing, if you really look at it, it stinks to high heaven. I mean, I mean the whole thing, if you really look close at the Sandy Nook thing, if you really look close at the Aurora thing, I mean, it just stinks. There's something drastically wrong here. I mean, so well, we don't get into the conspiratorial aspects, but the <laughs> fact of the matter is, is it just doesn't, a lot of it just makes no sense. Well, and, I, I, uh, I hear you, Mark, and I, I tell you, I got, uh, I, my, I don't really have a tin foil hat that really fits me. I don't know if I even have one at all. But I will tell you this, that I can't tell you the number of times I heard the same thing over and over in talking to people, and that is uh, folks saying that uh, what's going to happen is uh, Obama's going to get reelected, and then there's going to be a, uh, a uh, school shooting right after he's elected, and that they're going to push through uh, drastic firearms laws. So, uh, and uh, you know, it's not like that we don't have that that there are not uh, that this isn't something that's I'm not going to say commonplace, but it doesn't happen fairly often. But I still have to wonder about why it happened so perfectly, uh, just as everybody said that it would. And like I said, I'm not. Uh, not any kind of conspiratorial uh, uh, theorist or anything, but well, there's, I there's think a, that you can say conspiracy theory, and 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 some things may be theories, but it gets to the point where some things, plain simple, they're not theories anymore. I mean, the whole, I mean, without getting into it too deep, the whole thing about nine eleven, there's so darn much evidence out there, you can't call it a conspiracy theory anymore. And, I mean, the government has lies to us about everything. They lie to us about our money. They lie to us about what the deficit is. They lie to us about why they've got a war started here. They lie. The way you tell they're lying is look at their lips if they're moving. That's all they do is lie to us. I'm convinced that psychopaths, people without conscience that will rob, rape, and pillage the whole stinking planet are who are running this country right now. As a matter of fact, they're running most countries. It's just his, historical fact that psychopaths are the ones that get in control because they're the kind of people that like to rule over other people. The average person really doesn't give a darn. They just want to live their life and have their families and just kind of go on with things. But there's certain people that like to bully and rule over other people, and they got big friggin' uh, huge egos, and they're going to bring the – if we don't – if, the, if this doesn't turn into a, 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 an elimination of the psychopaths in power, we're going to be screwed. As a, the whole planet's going to be screwed. Well, that's why we, that's why we have to get. Uh, you have to make sure that that you are trying to affect change local to you. And what I mean by that is making sure that folks are voting in all the primaries, that they're going down to their uh, school board elections, that they're voting in all of these. Uh, and all of these local and these smaller events, because this is usually the way that you can find uh, people that uh, would be 
good representatives for you. You find out who's doing something on the local level, and then you help to push them uh, as they become, uh, as they get more involved in it, and maybe uh, you can feed in the good people that need to be up at the higher levels. But the only way you're going to do that is by starting at the local levels and getting the getting the folks who are doing good jobs, giving them a push up the ladder. Because once you get to the point of voting for uh, a president, uh, it's pretty much useless right now because the only yeah, well, choices you have are bad ones. Well, they pick them for us. It's, it's like, you know, they, whoever they are, that has the money power, that runs everything behind the scenes, the, the, the psycho-psychos, they're the ones who pick them. And this whole thing with Obama, I mean, it's going to be one of these deals, kind of like what happened with Germany after World War II. You'd walk up to a German citizen and you'd say, did you vote for Hitler? No. Did you vote for Hitler? No. No one voted for Hitler, but he became the chancellor of Germany. And the people were following him, and they were, you know, willing to go and die for his insanity. And it's the same thing today. I think what's going to happen is 20 years from now, we're going to have such an issue go by, and you'll be, ask, you'll be asking people, did you vote for Obama? No. I mean, I don't know anybody that voted for Obama, at least. I mean, sure, there's been some, but I think the guys that, I mean, Sheriff Joe Arpaio well, out there in Arizona has pretty much proved he's a total fraud, and if we had anything of a, of a resemblance of, of reality in government, somebody would be impeaching him. But no, everybody in Congress, everybody in the Senate all stand around like, He's got a gun pointed to their head. And, I mean, the possibility exists that that's what's, what is going on. I mean, you know, you get a senator, he stands up, and somebody kind of takes him off the side, and he says, remember uh, Senator Wellstone or Congressman Wellstone? I can't remember which one he was, and, and what happened to him and his daughter. Well, how would you like to have that happen to you? And so they could be scaring him. I don't know. All I know is that well, here's how they're going along with a bunch of crap that no one wants done. In all, in all fairness to Hitler, a lot of people didn't vote for him because uh, the way he got into power was not by being voted in. He got into power by leveraging himself in and uh, and cranking out, uh, 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 making deals to get into power. So a lot of people actually they didn't vote for Hitler, but it didn't matter because the way that uh, we're doing it now, and one of the things I don't like about uh, uh, about the Republican Party is that uh, it seems like they give they give the shot at president to the person whose turn it is, to the person that's uh, supposed to be their turn. And I don't like that. I think it should be the person, the the best person to uh, to do the job, not the person who's put in the hours and whose turn it is. But we're, right. dude, we're never going to affect guy has any no change kind of in experience. that. Heck, he couldn't hardly run a small business, let alone the whole country. I mean, it's like, who is he? Where did he come from? What, that kind of, what kind of insanity is this? I mean, the day that he got voted in, I thought, huh? This doesn't make sense. But, well, <laughs> in the meanwhile, back at the farm, I mean, you know, what do we do? Yes, we got to educate our neighbors. we got to practice. I really like the concept of the apple seed. I've never been to one. Unfortunately, I haven't been close enough to be to one. Uh and, uh, well, listen, we're, we're, we're all about making it easy. So if you have a range there, then we're, we're a turnkey operation. You have a range there that uh, will allow us to come in. We'll bring Appleseed to you. You won't have to go anywhere. You've got a range or even private property. You have somebody with some private property that says, uh, 
hey, listen, I'm willing to host an Appleseed event here to get in touch with us and let us know. We'll bring everything in. We'll bring uh, the instructors, targets, porta potties. We'll bring a uh, million dollar li- uh, liability uh, insurance with us. We'll bring everything in. We'll run it right there. So. If you've got a range or somebody with some private property, then uh, we'll bring the Appleseed Project to you. Well, that's that's interesting. I had no idea. I guess I'll keep that in mind because I know somebody who has a lot of land and I'm and uh, some really good backdrop on it. But I uh, yeah, absolutely. You got if you get uh, you get in touch with them and uh, they say it's okay, get back in touch with us. We'll uh, get the uh, we'll uh, check out the property and then we'll get it on the books and. We'll make it happen right there, right there in your area. You need what about two hundred yards? Uh, at a minimum, we just need twenty-five meters with a good backdrop. That's eighty-two feet with a good uh, bullet-stopping oh. berm. And uh, oh my goodness, that's like nothing. Yep, anyway, we can I, run uh, the court. Anything yeah, over twenty-five I'm, meters. I'm planning. Is, I've uh, got uh, four sons and uh, three of them, and I'm and myself are life members of Front Sight. And we are planning on heading out there after the first of the year and do one of their training classes. And so that's something. I've I've been a life member of the National Rifle Association since the 1970s. And uh, personally, I, I I'm a little upset with the National Rifle Association. They've been they've turned into a compromising organization over the, the years, and it's sort of upset me. And I really believe that getting behind somebody like Gun Owners of America with Larry Pratt. Uh, who is an uncompromising and are willing to talk about the power of the jury and things of that nature. And plus, I've met Larry himself in person, and and I really like, you know, he's very personable and and he's very articulate. He understands very well and can debate very well. And I'm sure you probably saw the Piers Morgan thing where he chewed up Piers Morgan and spit him out. And, of course, Piers couldn't stand it, but oh well. But, well, Larry, uh, he's a good guy. He's been on this radio show, and he'll be back on again in a couple of months. And uh, and Appleseed is a friend to Gun Owners of America, and uh, Gun Owners of America is a friend to Appleseed. He said, uh, in fact, uh, I believe he's getting ready to put uh, the one of the Appleseed banners up there on his site. Well, if you guys uh, really actually can do that on some private land, like I say, I have a he actually works for the sheriff's department in a, in a county over next to ours, and they they have like 300 and something acres, and I go out there and do some target shooting quite frequently with my sons whenever I can, a, a half dozen times a year easy. And, All uh, we need is uh, 25 meters for the minimum. We can run the course there. If, there's, if, it, if we can get any more, if we can get 100 yards, 200 yards, uh, that much better. But 25 meters, 82 feet, that's all we have to have. We can teach the course there, and we'll be glad to teach it at no charge whatsoever to any of the law enforcement, the uh, active duty guard reserve folks, and uh, and only ten bucks a piece for uh, women, five bucks for kids. Yeah, I, I, you got a really good price schedule for the everybody except the men. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the same guys end up paying for everything. <laughs> right. Yeah, we do that, but. Well, Anyways, I'm glad you allowed place, me we'll on, and I was it. listening to the show. It was really interesting, uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens here in the near future, and hopefully it's going to be for the better and not for the worst. Well, listen, keep tuning in because uh, we don't just talk about this. We've got uh, we've got a guy coming on 
uh, in, let's see, I can't, I think it's next week, uh, one of our Appleseed guys uh, got, he went to the Appleseed and became an instructor, and then he thought about it more and more, and, you know, we talked on the show here about there not being, uh, about what a, a, uh, how, how slim the pickings are as far as historical fiction uh, and, and even really of any uh, uh, actual history books about the events of April 19, 1775. Well, so there's and, a reason uh, for that. He wrote a book. It's kind of like, you know, I think that Mel Gibson has done a good job with movies like The Patriot, even though they're a bit off-center when it comes to reality. The fact of the matter is is he kind of gets people riled up because it makes them realize and think what really took place. Right. And, uh, well, we got uh, one of our Appleseed instructors ended up writing a book about it, and he's going to be on the show talking about that. We've got uh, the guy, uh, a nationally known uh, guy, coming on uh, on the, I believe it's the 10th, to talk about uh, foraging for... Uh, uh, for edible foods, a way to supplement your your table by get by getting uh, you know edible wild plants, and uh, we've got a little bit of everything for everybody. Good, good, good. Well, I think so you guys need to bring a twenty-two. He doesn't need to bring a fifty cal or anything, huh? <laughs> no, that's all he needs. <laughs> well, thanks, Mark. Thanks for calling right. in and adding your voice to the conversation. All right. Well, thanks for having me on. You take care. All right. Uh, right, You have a happy new year, all right? All right. You too. All right. (laughs) Bye-bye. All right. Uh, I got to tell you that uh, we've heard a lot of, uh, we've heard a lot of folks chime in tonight, and I don't know that I disagree with any of them because the only way that we're going to get things done to the degree that they need to be done and to our liking is to make sure that those folks that uh, are representing us know what our liking is. Uh, certainly, if even if you've never contacted your your representatives before, now is the time. Now is the time. And it's very easy to do. Just Google... Uh, 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 find my senator, find my representative, and it'll take you straight to the the website. But all you do is you plug in your zip code, and it'll tell you who all of your representatives are. Now is the time for you be, to be contacting them. If nothing else, just an email, contacting them and letting them know what your wishes are. All right. Uh, like I said, I believe that uh, I believe the next show. I'll, I've had to check this because I I was looking for my scheduling book right before I came on the air and I could not find it. Well, I believe our next show is uh, is for the book Freedom's Forge: Striking the Sparks of Liberty uh, by Nelson Abbott, and uh, he is actually an Appleseed instructor. He's written a really fantastic book about the events of April uh, 19, 1775, and about the events leading up to it. All right? Uh, 
All right. Uh, I want to uh, wish everyone a happy new year. And again, to let the folks know that in order for us to get the things we want, then we're going to have to let our senators and representatives know the things we want. Uh, and we'll see you guys again in uh, 2013. God bless and keep you all, all right? And we'll see you uh, next Thursday, 7 p.m. Central.
Yeah. 